Welcome to Hope Talks Podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. We would love your feedback and invite you to take a short, anonymous survey. You can find the link to the survey in the show notes. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. And I'm Pastor Margaret Michael. Thanks for tuning in today, and today we're joined by Randy Akins. Randy, how are you doing today? I'm wonderful. Thank you. And Randy's here today to share his testimony with us. Uh, Randy, just start out telling us about where you're from and about how you grew up. Well, I grew up in a very small town in northwestern Ohio, a town of 3,000. have great parents, uh, an older brother, a younger sister, and it was... um, nice spot to grow up we didn't lock our doors uh in a small town everybody knew you as i became a teenager that wasn't what i wanted but uh (laughs) it was uh it was a great spot my dad owned an iga and so i began working at the age of 10 didn't really want to but uh as it turned out later on when i was a teenager i had a job and some of my friends didn't my dad would not open on sundays that was a Sabbath day, so he said if he could not make it in six days, he would do something else. Right. But he took over his father's one-room grocery store and expanded it, of course. Uh, so all uh, all the Aikens worked at the store. We said that someone had to be there, and I remember um, one time when someone had to go and everyone had to go, he turned the milk case upside down, and my little sister stood, stood on it and ran the case <laughs> register. Yeah. Uh, so I, I got my business sense from my dad. Uh, I worked so long, and my mother was a stay-at-home and taught me love and relationships. And so you combine those three, and it's been a lot of success for my life. Um, Of course, my brother worked and my sister worked, and um, I met my wife in North Baltimore, Ohio, and dated her when she was 14. I was 16. So you think about today, and uh, that probably wouldn't happen very right. often. But in a small town, it was uh, something that uh, was allowed, and uh, we had a lot of good times. We grew up together. When I graduated from high school, uh, I went to a, a Miami University in southern Ohio, and my wife and I, my girlfriend at the time, we broke up, and she went to Bowling Green State University. So we dated... Uh, while we were in our schools, and the Lord got us back together at a high school basketball game on winter break. Isn't that the way the Lord is? He'll he'll work it out. Yes. Won't he? Well, when we were in high school, I played varsity basketball, and she was the cheerleader. So after the game, we would go out. Uh, but it was ironic that He used that stage to uh, yeah. to get us back together. So, what was it? I'm back up just for a little bit. What was faith life? For your, you said you closed on the Sabbath, yes. so I'm thinking there was faith in your family. Yes. What did that look like? How would, well, it uh, we grew up Methodist, okay, so it was more work based. Uh, the church that we grew up in was not gospel preaching. Mm. Didn't know the difference, uh, but we regularly attended church, did some outside activities. Sunday evenings was called YF Youth Fellowship, uh, which was nice just to. Uh, to have all the youth there, and remember the counselors, Doris and um, Doris and Jim Miller um, 
would um, lead us, and it was one of the things we did. Yeah. Monday started, and yeah. the week went on, and then maybe there was an event during the week, but it was primarily just go to church on yeah. Sunday and Sunday yeah. evening, and then you're done. Yeah. And there, in that process, there was something happening, probably, I'm going to guess, the Word of God was getting yeah. into your heart. I mean, there was that yeah. foundation was being laid, I'm going to guess, that became a part of the fabric of your it, life. Yes, it did. We knew mm-hmm. right from wrong, and yeah. we knew parts of the Bible, but the only thing we didn't know until later on in our young adult life was uh, the relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah, so you and your wife met that mm-hmm. basketball game, and tell us about uh, what happened then? Well, we dated, and then my uh, senior year, we were engaged. And in 1978, we got married. We have uh, two great kids. They're in their 30s, uh, a son, Adam, and a daughter, Ashley. And they're just uh, wonderfully employed, yeah. loving their careers and their life. Yeah. And we have three granddaughters, so we're enjoying our life, too. Yeah. And uh, we're, just, we're just blessed. Yeah, so you... You said your dad taught you business. Mm-hmm. Your mom taught you devotion and what was love that? and relationships. Love and relationships, yes. which is devotion, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you graduated. What did your work career look like? Well, I joined uh, Packaging Corporation of America mm-hmm. right out of college. Okay. And we had many moves, about nine moves. And it's interesting how we attended different churches and grew. So. Yeah. First move was uh, after Middletown, Ohio, where I was training, went to Saginaw, Michigan. And since we were Methodists, we joined the Methodist Church. And this one was different. They were reading the Bible much more. Uh, It wasn't just a 10-minute sermonette and then talking about sports or something else, the topic of the day. They were talking about Jesus, and we go, oh, this is an hour. It's really long, you know. So we were, we didn't know the time they were gospel preaching but we had an idea they were different and we felt that and at that time my brother uh, Jay was saved and we were close but he still lived in Columbus Ohio so we had some distance and he was acting very different because he was born again Mm. and I thought man this he's strange this church is a little different and then we moved to Harrisonburg out of this facility but lived in Massanutten and we attended the Elkton Presbyterian Church with Jim Martin. So we got to know Jim and Dee, and we always thought the Presbyterians were similar to the Methodists, but Jim's church was gospel preaching. We're going, wow, this is is confusing. Uh, But during that time, so it was about December of 1980, I accepted Christ, and my brother was part of that uh, walk, and my wife shortly thereafter. And then from here, we moved to Waco, Texas, and became Baptist. So they were even a little bit more charismatic, hand-raising, a little bit louder, and I would call it, you had to be dunked, you know? Yeah. Uh, I remember asking the pastor, so sprinkling isn't going to get it? <laughs> and he explained, it's, your, it's a public commitment and a public declaration of your faith, so it's up to you. Uh, but so many of those people down in Texas had uh, a big bang experience, I would call it, where they had a crisis in their lives mm-hmm. and it became saved and I kept thinking I didn't have that so uh, for about a year I was questioning my faith so I met with Pastor Toby I still remember this meeting yeah. to this day and I said I'm questioning my salvation because I didn't have this 
huge experience, like so many do. And he explained, he said, some people get so low, they have such a crisis in their lives, that the turning point is to Christ. And they have events going on that they're just hopeless. And Christ is full of hope and grace. And he said, what you've got, many people do, is it's a process. It's like falling in love. And he said, tell me when you fell in love with your wife, the date. I didn't. I don't know. So he said, that's what it is. You you continue to grow, and you know it when it happens. But trying to pinpoint that time may be a little difficult, but you know when you're saved. And uh, I'll never forget that analogy. Yeah. So that that was very good. And then we moved to Ohio, back to Ohio, and we became brethren in the uh, Ashland, Ohio church. And they were gospel preaching, and that's just where we went. Yeah. We attended churches. It took us a while to find a church when we moved, yeah. just so we knew it was the right one. And after that, uh, we went to suburban Atlanta, Georgia, and became uh, part of the Christian church. And uh, another step in growing and then when we moved here uh, in 1998 back to Harrisonburg uh, the joke in our family was well we don't think they're going to become Catholic and there's no other denomination available <laughs> so I wonder where they'll go and we told them we were going to attend the Nazarene church and they just said what in the world is a Nazarene and the question. <laughs> Carrie Willis used to put in the bolts and occasionally, yeah. what in the world is a Nazarene with a description? That's right. And it was so easy to recite to them. And they just sort of chuckled going, we didn't, didn't know that church yeah. you know, existed. Yeah. And we met people in the Nazarene church in the school. Yeah. So we weren't attending a building. Yeah, we, we were just, studying Spring Elementary at yes. and transitioned to this building. Right. Yeah. But we just knew that was where we needed yeah. to go. Yeah. Um, and we've been here since. And Going back to my brother, we told him we were really enthralled with the pastor, Gary, and he goes, that's good. He said, the next thing you need to do is interview the children's pastor because they'll have the biggest influence on your, your children's life. And so we did, and I, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he quickly went to Kansas City. Jeff, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was the youth pastor. Youth yeah. pastor. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's right. Yeah, the youth pastor. Yeah. Um, but we've had so many great succession right. plans yes. since then. But that was very wise, and that's typical of my brother who's right. steeped yeah. in. Yeah. And Pastor Vic was the children's pastor uh, for many years here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah. That, that's Pastor the, Paul. Yeah, there was Pastor Paul. here. Yeah. 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 And then Bobby. Yeah. Bobby yeah. He went to Indiana. Yep. Right. Yes. Yeah, you have a wise brother. Right. Well, he has been uh, my mentor from quiet examples, all the things he's plugged into at his church, how he conducts his life. So he was part of my journey. Yeah, and and you know, what you're sharing about going to the different denominations, we are the church. Right. Right. Yeah. We don't, doesn't any denomination have a corner on, we may have some different distinctives, but Mm -hmm. we are the big C church. You know, we are a part of that church. Um, And so that's, beautiful just to hear your experiences because every church has distinctives Mm -hmm. that are different but when we it's kind of like when we go to our local church every person has giftings to be a part of the body ephesians 4 and so we have to find our place in the body Uh, what has god gifted us how has he gifted us to be a part 
But then when you see all of the churches, they all have a place too, and we all bring distinctives that make us the church. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we can embrace that, and uh, like you all did, that's beautiful, um, to experience maybe even fuller what the church looks like on a larger scale than just the local church. That's beautiful. Yeah. And Randy, as you were talking, I was thinking about, yeah, we all have, like Pastor Margaret said, distinctives, but we have, I think, you know, when we get to talk to different people from different churches, we find out we have much more in common than we have different with each other because we're all, like Pastor Margaret said, part of the the big C church. We all agree in Jesus. Uh, Yeah. Yes. We may have different ways of communicating, um, different things that we focus on, but it's all a part of God's plan. So that is that is beautiful. So you you've been here since ninety eight. For like mm-hmm. twenty five years. Yes. Yeah. And you still are so young. <laughs> well, <laughs> well that's, that's good. People can't see me, they can only hear me, right? That's so right. That's right. You, right. <laughs> I've I've had a blessed life. I had a great career and just enjoy life. So tell us, uh, you know, you said you had many moves, and we mentioned you've been here for 25 years. So if you want to talk about how you you mentioned y'all started coming here, maybe how you heard about the church, and uh, then if you want to share about your family, you mentioned you have two kids and then three sure. grandkids. Well, it was between here and Covenant Presbyterian, mm-hmm. and I didn't know anything about Roosevelt. Probably saw the banners uh, yeah. Maybe on Sunday, driving around as you normally do when you move into community, you drive around and look for different places, and probably a little curiosity about what in the world is a Nazarene. Right. But once we got in there, we we knew it was gospel preaching, which is good, and it was just um, about every other Sunday we come here and go somewhere else, and then go to the Covenant, mm-hmm. and and it was uh, two or three Sundays out of the month we would come here and just knew. Know that you know. You're called. You know, yes. Right? Right. Yes. Um, you're part of a life group. Mm-hmm. How's that? To like we when you came here, we had Sunday school yes, classes, and and that changed a little the focus to life groups. Tell us a little bit. You've been in a life group for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Debbie Huntley's. Yeah. Debbie Huntley Light. Debbie Light. Yeah. Yes. The Sunday schools were were nice. They were fairly predictable. You knew what time you had set aside. And you would come earlier or later, depending on when you want to go to church. So when the life groups came, and I remember my brother, um, they just started those in their church. And I was asking him what they're like, and he said, Didn't you're going to get a little bit closer. Uh, it's going to break up the week. Maybe not in a bad way. It's just going to uh, allow you to, to experience the Lord's work in the midweek yeah. if you choose to go to a midweek. So I remember it was a little reluctant, saying, okay, we're in small groups, we're in someone's home, can you get that comfortable? But once you get over that um, that inhibition maybe of going in someone's home and sitting um, and talking about somebody or something in a close, confined area, it becomes easier when you get to know them. Mm -hmm. So there is more intimacy, I guess, with the group. You might miss out on talking to other people, but if you're more involved in the church, you're, you're going to run into somebody else that's not in your life group that's to talk right. to them or right. make, it a, right. make a point of seeing them. So I think they're very beneficial. Um, we go on Tuesday evenings, and it's good uh, because then you start to get a little bond and a little group with them that you might not in the Sunday school. 
Right. Because you're just there and then you're gone. Right. And you can really <laughs> slip out of the back of a Sunday school class if things get a little tough. Yes, it's right. hard to slip out of that it living is. room, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. you find it you don't want to. Um, no, that's right. And just to have that group of people that um, they've become family. Mm-hmm. You know, they're an extension yeah. family. They are. And well, you get to go through hard times, good times and hard times, mm-hmm. and support one another. And, mm-hmm. Let me go back to second half of Grayson's questions about my children because I'm very proud of them. Yeah. Um, Adam was born in uh, Ohio. Ashley was born uh, in Ohio as well. And it was just wonderful raising them. You, you look back and you say, how, how could we have done so much raising children and where did all the time go? And I always wanted to be a little, uh, have a little part of trying to save somebody. You know, but I'm not an evangelist. So I I really am not out holding the cross on the street or out preaching. And again, my brother was saying, well, it's a process. You know, you can plant a seed somewhere along the way or, or water it if it's already planted. And uh, one day I just uh, had a revelation that the people under my roof, I influenced the most. Yeah. Yes. And so it was our son and daughter um, that we were able to nurture and grow uh, to know Christ. Um, And now we get the chance to help my son with his daughters, uh, just in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, Because that is our first mission. Yeah, the Great Commission, right? Yeah, Yeah. and it's there. We have our family that God's given us. And I was sitting in a meeting this week with some pastors, and someone made the comment that, you know, what would it be like if you, as a pastor or as a Christian, in this setting was pastor, but if you win other people but get to heaven and you don't have your children there, yes. you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and the conversation was, that is our first ministry, yeah. is to minister to our family, mm-hmm. um, yeah. no matter what. And I think we all cast what I call long shadows, yeah. um, like this does. Right. We reaches people. Uh, that you don't know, but you right. run into uh, yeah. right. in the public. Right. So just it reaches out in ways right. that we don't even know. And, you know, in today's world, a smile. Yeah. You know, um, planting a seed of kindness. Mm-hmm. Is, it can be pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Um, but the world needs light more than ever. Right. Um, whatever that looks like, wherever we go. Home is certainly where we must start. Right. Yes, I would, uh, my wife and I, Susan, we would both tell our children when they left for school to go mad. That was make a difference, mm-hmm. insinuating a positive right. Christian yeah. difference. So our little saying is go mad. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And uh, you were talking about, uh, Margaret mentioned small things like a smile. Those things we took for granted up until the last couple of years. You know, when we were maybe isolated at different times from people and has caused people to maybe be isolated. And certainly, you know, um, when our family is first before, um, like Margaret said, if we win all these other people and then get to heaven and our family's not there, then something that I thought about as you were um, saying that was uh, dad one time, there was a, I believe it was a pastor or somebody was talking about, or a Christian man saying that he had never, that he could remember there was no prodigal that was raised in the church that he 
could remember that didn't come back at some point. You know, in the Bible it mm. says, raise up a child in the way he should go mm-hmm. or the way they should go, and they will not walk apart from it. So. Well, and you know, there are people listening today that um, have had an experience that might be different. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe their children aren't. You're listening today and your child is not with the Lord. Um, that would be my parents did the best they could. But then I did have to find my own way, and that wasn't real pretty. And so testimonies, it would go back to right. what Randy said earlier. Sometimes there are testimonies of, of people that they depart for it for a while, but right. you know, our job is to pray and to yeah. trust the Lord no matter right. where our children are. He loves them more than we will ever right. love mm-hmm. them. So I just encourage you today, if you're listening and maybe um, your children aren't where you would like for them to be, that God has not lost sight of them, right. and he is aware, and he cares right. so much. I think about Jesus showed us such a picture of compassion right. um, for people, and that is how God feels about our kids. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Whether they're saved or lost, <laughs> um, he pursues them with an everlasting love, right. and us. Praise the Lord. Where would we be without that? Oh, without the grace and yeah. forgiveness. And, and Pastor Margaret, you've said this before. You know, God doesn't have grandchildren. We're all his children. He loves us more than even our parents mm-hmm. love us. Our parents love their kids. And so don't give up praying for lost family members because they're not so lost Amen. that God can't reach them. As long as people still have breath, they still have hope. That's right. Exactly God's right. timetable. We yep. just don't know that at yep. times. But we want to. Yep. We want to manipulate His timetable to right. meet our earthly needs. Yes, and it's, right. it's difficult time, at times to trust. Yes, right. But He is trustworthy. Right. Um, he has not failed us. Randy, talk about how the Lord's using you. Now we talked a little bit about life groups and how you and your mm-hmm. wife are involved in that. And you know, another good thing about that is getting to share a meal. Sometimes uh, life groups share meals together and things like that, grow a little closer. But just share um, how the Lord's using you now. Well, uh, one year out of retirement, I uh, actually have been praying and searching for a way to serve Him more. And so I'm exploring different avenues, different organizations, and I and I haven't found that one yet. So I'm still active, but um, I'm looking for that one, maybe it's one or two places that can really use my talents. Right. Um, and I just want to glorify him more. I right. got, got the time. So part of that was spending more time with grandchildren. Yeah. Uh, being yeah. with them. A little bit more involved in the church. Uh, doing some outside work with some friends. And allowing um, them to, to see me more in my walk. Right. So it's, it's just a... It's a different phase, right. but I'm very comfortable with it, and right. I'm glad I've got the, the time to, right. to search. And, and, you know, one thing that I have recognized patterns um, over the years, and one of those things is God has given you these giftings right. from the time you were a young boy, and has just built on those. And there's no doubt in my mind that he has a plan to not let those be dormant, but there is place out there that that you can use what God's 
gifted you with for the glory of God. Right. That's good. It blesses me, my heart to hear that. Some people go, well, you know, I'm retired. I'm not I'm not yeah. doing that. But you're you're leaning in and going, Lord, what's the next step? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've stayed active. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes they're just works. And they're right. For, yeah. Uh, the eternal right. works. Right. Uh, right. So I'm just getting a good balance of both. Right. Yes. Randy, uh, what maybe around you, um, maybe the things you're involved in, what lets you know that the gospel is still the good news? You talked about gospel preaching and growing up with a lot of that. What lets you know, even with all the troubles and all the things that we might say, you know, we live in a hard time and we do, but, you know, all times are hard. Mm-hmm. Um, no generation's exempt from that. So talk about things that let you know that the gospel is still the good news and gives um, you hope. Just the... Uh ability to have all my senses to enjoy his creation yeah. uh, I really enjoy the outdoors and it's so easy to take for granted the greens and the animals and uh, just the creation that, that God has uh, made um, I see it in my children's lives uh, how they're growing in their faith I see uh, my granddaughters uh, how they're growing and notes they write and the verses of the Bible that they cite when we're with them. Right. Uh, so I, I see a lot of that. I see healing. Right. Um, yeah. uh, my sister had some health issues and she's overcoming them. Um, my brother's got a little setback in one area yeah. and um, he's just assured the Lord's not done with them. Right. And so uh, my prayer with him was Maybe it could be a miracle. It's just, right. Everything's fine. Yeah. It's a checkup. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, my marriage, it yeah. remains strong. Right. Um, there's so many things that can tug at um, morality. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you're not planted well, things can really fall apart. Yeah. So I guess God's in the details. Yeah. Well, and I think just what you shared there is some of the things that we take for granted as we're busy, yeah. um, the green, you know, just knowing that God's creation calls us to worship Him. Yeah. But we can rush through our day and miss mm-hmm. the very yeah. things that He has placed before us. Um, the sunrise, you know, His mercies are new every morning. Yeah. Yeah. Looking into the eyes of those we love and not rushing past them, right. but seeing how God is growing right. them and building their faith. Right. It's good reminders for us today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's. I'm sure that we all can back off the throttle right. a little bit and right. um, look into the eyes of those we love and make sure that they know that we love them and that Jesus loves them. Yeah. And another thing you said, you were talking about your sister and healing. He's still in the miracle business. You were talking about your sister and your brother having different challenges. He's still in the miracle business, and we need not to forget that, uh, mm-hmm. that he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And, uh, Randy, just uh, anything in the last few moments here that you would like to share, maybe we haven't asked you already or you haven't shared already, um, that's maybe had an impact on your life or your faith. Well, I would, um, I think what the purpose is right now uh, is to in, keep investing in another generation. Right. So I've mentioned family. 
Uh, if you do that, then it lives on for right. another generation. Right. Um, and it's most people think they want material things, gifts or large purchases, but if you give people time, um, whenever I get a gift that's handmade, I mean, that's from the heart and hand. Right. Or if you spend time with your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, or a friend, that's something that uh, is very precious. Right. So it's more about investing in the future. Right. um, Yeah. In the people that then can go mad. Right. Continue. Yeah. Investing in what will matter for eternity, not just in this life. I know, you know, me and you uh, go to a men's Bible study here at the church, and um, Don Tutwiler, one of the leaders of that Tuesday morning, used the analogy. He had a rope, and there was a, a just a little red piece of tape on a small part of it. He said, "This is our life, and the rest of the rope is eternity." And so, if we're just worried about, you know, this small piece here. Um, we need to focus on you know what matters for eternity, uh, kind of like the scriptures say, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy. Yes. So that's yeah, that rope was a good analogy. We just don't, we just think we're going to live forever, yeah. right? And things will be fine. And then uh, a lot of people last minute will say, well, I'll make the conversion. Yeah, but they don't get the last minute. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, Randy, it's been great to have you today uh, on today's broadcast of Hope Talks. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. It's been a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. We pray that as you've heard Randy Aiken's testimony today, that it truly has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Hope Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Hope Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.